0: Steve, Steve, that was that was the weirdest countdown I've ever seen. And there was a there was like a pinky with the one. And...
1: Well, the camera, right? Like I started over to my side to count you down, and realized you weren't in the screen. And then I had to bring it in, and it was that's rookie mistake. My bad. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Steve, you texted me the other day, and so we're gonna we're gonna kick the podcast off with some news. Steve, there you said, hey, let's punt, punt to next week. And make the opener of this or this episode the opener of season two. So, officially, this is the season two. We have been renewed for another season by the executives, wherever they may be, that pay our salaries to do this podcast. Congratulations, Steve.
1: <laughs> That's great. Dude, I, I feel kind of like Forrest Gump. I've never seen that money, but this is great. Woo-hoo! Yeah. We, we, you, will,
0: you will definitely welcome uh, to
1: season two. <laughs> you
0: know, I mean, we, we all. We all have have our riches and and this is our rich richness, our friendship that we share over this podcast, Steve, don't you love it?
1: I do this is great.
0: you do love this um welcome into the stuff summer says podcast with Steve 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 we've got important news to get to right away um and I just want to get your thoughts on this because I would like these thoughts to be shared beyond our text chat. <clears throat> Leo Messi is leaving Barcelona, likely going to PSG. How excited are you, Steve?
1: Oh, I can't tell you the celebrations that have been happening in our household. I got some PSG gear to pick up. I was waiting breathlessly to see where he signed. Yeah, I don't care. Um, I mean, you sent me the thing and you you, you, sent, you texted me and said, hey, you see he's leaving. Bar-, and I'm like, yeah, I know he's a soccer player. I guess he's going someplace else to kick the ball. Um, no, that's not quite that bad. Um. um that's great he's the the, what the most famous football player in the world and wonderfully talented and all that but it just doesn't show up on my radar but i'm glad people are encouraged and enthused and i'm sure there were dancing in the streets over there
0: okay by my stopwatch over here that was the longest minute of besides our one soccer chat that we've had of soccer talk so we will end that we will get to the rest (laughs) of the show um you also texted this week's rundown in season two. You're just running the show. I think that's what we've decided. Mm-hmm. Um, you wanted to talk about the Olympics, so we'll talk about the Olympics. Um, we will also talk about uh, Penn State football and Big Ten Media Day. Um, let's talk about Hall of Fame weekend. We, we had a little bit of a discussion before that, and then I think we'll get to our big topic of the week, which will be something that we didn't get to last week because it wasn't final or last time because it wasn't really finalized, but now it is sort of finalized, which would be Texas and Oklahoma. Plus you just came back from vacation and I have a young old guy, young guy related to that. So
1: you ready? Yeah. Sounds like a great start to season two. Good job.
0: All right. Olympics, Steve, the Olympics are over. I miss them already. Um, Do you miss them?
1: I do. I don't think I miss them for the same reason you do. Like, I mean, you were catching some of the live stuff and watching every single thing. Um, I, I really enjoyed the end because I got to watch the women's basketball stuff and with the with the, the Penn State connection with Tom Hobas coaching, you know, that was interesting to me. Um, so that was fun to watch and I felt engaged and interested. The wrestling was great. Like I woke up on vacation at six o'clock in the morning to wait for David Taylor to wrestle and to wait for David Taylor to wrestle and then he finally wrestled and it was great. Um, so I, I do miss him. I mean, it, it doesn't, it does feel like an old guy thing to me that it's not, as important as it was when I was younger. And I forget if we talked about this or I told a family member, there's no bad guy. There's no, there's no evil empire to root against.
0: You did is, is that, and I don't mean to like age you, even though that's part of the point of this podcast, but is that because of the cold war and and growing up with the tensions and and everything that happened with, with Russia and the USSR?
1: Yeah. Yes. And also I think it's the media told the story that way. You know, you know, ABC, which had the Olympic games the way NBC has them now, and NBC might have had them longer now than ABC did when I was growing up, um, you know, talked about up close and personal telling stories of people. And those people were flag waving, flag waving red, white, and blue stories. Um, Even the commercials, all the commercials during the Olympics, it was Toyota or whomever feeling better and supporting each other and we're one world. And that's great and that's wonderful, but there's no tension there. There's no, ha ha, we beat you kind of thing. Not that that's that's what it should be about, but it has changed.
0: So they were more back then. They were more U.S. centric ads, basically, is what what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it was Incredible. more about about the U.S. winning. I mean, it was early '80s, right? It was. It, in the mid '80s, it was it was Reagan. It was flag waving. It was it was especially with L.A. I mean, it was all about. And, and then we didn't have they didn't have the '80 games because those were supposed to be in Moscow, and there was were, there was all the, the boycott. So there was that even inherently in it. There was, we're not coming to your, we're not, we didn't come to your place, you're not coming to ours. Like it was just always, it just felt like a competition more so than this now feels like, a, has felt like a validation, a shared celebration of sport, which I guess is what the Olympics is supposed to be about. But in terms of watching it, you know, it's always fun to pick a good, someone to root for and or against. Um, and that's, that tone just has felt like it's changed in the past couple of decades.
0: So it's interesting. I, you know, the only reason why I was asking that was because I really never truly experienced anything like that, like nationally per se. Of, I mean, not to be whatever, but the only enemies we've ever really fought were a terrorist organization in wars growing up versus you know, I know the U.S. and Russia never really fought in a war against each other that actually happened per se, but. Obviously, the Cold War was different, so I've never really had that. Um, so it it is. It, I do wonder. I, I do wonder if a lot of times I'm more so celebrating the athlete or the athletes per se than um, than America as a whole when it when it comes to the Olympics. Uh, I think the David Taylor thing was a perfect example of that. I, I was up. Ready to go watch David Taylor wrestle. Watching Russell, I was ecstatic. It's seven thirty in the morning, like which sometimes I'm. I'm, I'm sometimes a morning per, person, but I was like legitimately had me in a good mood for the rest of the day, type thing. Like I was fired up about it, and I was like, that was kind of cool because that's one of the first times I thought, oh, it's pretty neat to be a Penn Stater and and also you know be but an American at the same time. And I think the other cool thing about David Taylor that I wanted to hit on this week was, and I, I'm sure your Facebook timeline was like this, but I went to my Facebook timeline and it was nothing but people's pictures of, of David Taylor with David Taylor at Penn state or, or telling their David Taylor story. Mine was getting to meet him through a mutual friend that knows David Taylor very well. And was just like, Hey David. And I was like, Oh my God, you're David Taylor. Cause at the time he was, It was, it was, well, it was before Saquon was like, this was before Saquon. So he pretty much was the premier athlete on campus. Um, So I think that was neat. And I think that's something that I've never really got to experience is the community-ness there, I guess, if that's a word of, of the Olympics that happened within our small community here, relatively so to speak, um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, As far as if I'll miss the Olympics, I will miss the Olympics. I, I genuinely enjoy the Olympics. I There's a lot of athletes that, uh, you know, there's a lot of sports that you don't really get to see beach volleyball being one of them indoor volleyball here, you know, other outside of the collegiate level, you really don't get to see. And I think those are some of the best athletes in the world. I, I really do. I think, I've said this for a very long time. I think Micah Hancock might be with the greatest Penn state athlete of all time. Um, and, you know, you look at some of the Penn state guys uh, on the men's national team, you know, too, I think, and, and even women's soccer, even if the U S didn't perform well, it still elevates that game. And so it's tough to find, I guess. I, I don't, there's always going to be the big four sports leagues, And then there's always going to be collegiate sports in this country. Like I, I, there's and the MLS is going to come, you know, it's going to make it splash like it has. Maybe the PLL eventually, if lacrosse continues to kind of blossom the same way it does. But at the same time, I, I just don't see, you know, a nation of rabid volleyball fans. So, that I, but it's nice to see those sports when you can catch them, especially live. Um, I think there's just something different about them.
1: Yeah, no, I think so too. And I mean, at Rugby Sevens, like that was fun. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I don't nearly get to see enough of that. I would look that up and watch it. Women's soccer, I was... I was disappointed the U.S. lost, you know, in, in one sense, but I was also relieved that it happened without Alyssa in goal, right? Like mm-hmm. then I didn't feel like the Penn state person. It was on was the Penn one, state for let them down, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like that was the thing. Like there was that, there was that that jealous or that greedy side of well, at least, at least my, my person didn't, didn't let them down. And, you know, that was an ugly looking injury for her. Um, and, you know, and she had been a stud in the game before. So, yeah, I, I'll miss it. I mean, but that said, I am darn close to almost fully into football mode, right? Because it's I've, I've had a preseason game, and I, and I think you know preseason's fun just to just to watch football a little bit. Um, but I'll, I'll miss it um, and be ready for it to come back again when it comes back.
0: There's there's one more thing I want to hit on before we move on to football. Um, the Penn State connection. Do you have a were you were you at the Rose Bowl the most recent Rose Bowl game? Yeah, that was USC, right? Yes, you you were there.
1: Yep. Do you have a Joe Kovac story? Because I feel like
0: everybody who went to that Rose Bowl game has a Joe Kovac story.
1: I do not have a Joe Kovac.
0: Oh, okay. So he was in the tailgating lots, and multiple people, multiple friends have pictures slash memories slash good incidents with him. Okay. So another person that it's like. You know, don't really know you personally, but I, I root for you. I, I care about your success. And it's very cool to see them, you know, succeed on the world stage um, like that.
1: Yeah. No, and I, well, I think even with the wrestling stuff, right, you start adopting the people that that they claim that, that train at the E-Lion Wrestling Club, right? Oh, Kyle you Snyder, know, you know. Right. And, 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 you know, so it's just, you know, Gilman, right? Like it's just guys that you probably would have rooted against as a Penn State fan who're not like, yeah. okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's, it's neat to see. And, my God! If you think about if if I wonder, I wonder how much money Penn State would bring in if ref, wrestling like was on the equivalency of football in this country, like I, it would be astronomical. Um, would be. All right, that's why I wanted to talk about the Olympics. We'll, we'll get to talk about it in another what six eight months? months, eight months. So, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, you texted me something. And, and you know, you, normally when you text me something, it's a very astute observation. Uh-oh. And I thought this was an astute observation. And you said that you feel like felt like the Big Ten media day was less prominent slash more muted this year. Can you explain that? And, and then we'll discuss that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's always a buildup of what players are going to talk, um, what the coaches were. You know what they're saying. Their live stream stuff, and I and I'm sure the Big Ten Network was there, start to finish. And maybe I was busy and working. It just didn't feel as prominent to me. Now, part of it for me is I'm in state college, and 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 I do not pay for any of the Penn State football sites. Um, well, I know I have the Athletic, right? So I can get Audrey with the Athletic. Um, but there's nothing in the local. There wasn't much in the local paper. There just wasn't. Like it and it's the CDTs in a, in a tough spot that way with where they're at. But it just felt like. There was a little less. Maybe it was up against the Olympics. Maybe there was stuff going on. But also, a lot of Penn State's coverage now is the, is the pay sites, it feels like. It feels like there's a, a good core of people, the same number, if not more than ever before, but they're at the pay places, you know? And, and, and it's just not as easy to stumble over stuff. Um, and part of it was I was out of town last week, so I wasn't really looking for it as much. But it just felt, I don't know, not as here comes the season, we're excited. It felt like there was a little bit of uncertainty underlying everything, and they weren't going over the top with stuff.
0: It, to me, it felt like usually, as somebody who worked at the Collegian during a Big Ten media day, I didn't cover a Big Ten media day because I never covered football, but it, there is a, usually there's a just an ocean of content that comes out of that, process that both the the Big Ten Media Day and the Penn State Football Media Day and I, I kind of agree with you like I don't I just don't think that that content was there maybe I didn't notice it but I follow a lot of people on Twitter that would be sharing that content I, I it just didn't seem as driven into us this year for some reason I don't like I I don't want to play the COVID card because to me, that would be like it would have been that would have been OK if it had all been virtual. But I saw tweets from Indianapolis. People were in Indianapolis. Like it, it's not like nobody was there. Um, so to me, that was what was odd about it. And I felt like I felt like not just the Big Ten, but I felt like the SEC media days. I don't even know if the Pac-12 even had their media days certainly the, the big, big 12, which we'll get to later has been in the news, but that's been for different reasons. And, and so, and the ACC, sorry to the ACC, um, you know, the, I don't follow that many. Johnny McGonigal is the only ACC person that I follow yeah. kind of. So, you know, I just, I felt like it it was not as big big deal like usually i feel like that is a big deal like there's you're getting hit with ads you're getting hit with and maybe it's because i'm not watching as much true cable anymore but you're getting hit with all this stuff from btn and didn't feel that it was there and i just
1: i don't know i thought that was kind of weird yeah it felt to me like it was a me thing and that's kind of why i pitched it i didn't know if it was me not paying attention or there wasn't as much there but it just felt muted it just and felt it, like it wasn't as in your face.
0: And it's not a knock. I don't think anybody that went and covered it or covered it at all did a bad job or anything like that. It's just, I don't know. I, I've, some of that, I do wonder if the problem is like, and we've, I think we've talked about this a little bit is once the NBA finals were over, we are now going back to a normal sports calendar. Like everything, everything will go back to its normal time frame for the most part the the nhl postseason might be a little later this year because of the the going to the olympics but other than that everything else is going to be back on its its original normal mechanism i'm wondering if like we're for we're forgetting that or we forgot what that cycle is like in the media sphere and that that, maybe that's why it just didn't seem as prominent to me this this year around
1: maybe but even penn state i mean now i have the files from. penn state's media that they send out because i'm for whatever reason i'm on the listserv still so i'll look at the the transcripts and watch some videos from that but i didn't dig deeply into leverage um i really piqued my interest i was, you know and and i've now gotten to the point where it's not it's not quantity or it's not even quality it's just like what and one of the the, his number one was franklin mentioning his daughter which i didn't see anywhere else I didn't look, but I didn't see anywhere else. So kudos to him because that is the news. Who gives a crap about who the second string defensive tackle is or what their depth is or even the new offensive coordinator, head coach's daughter, who's been a a health concern throughout their time here, is in the hospital for like precautionary reasons or whatever. Okay, at least that he addressed it. That's news. Like that's the biggest thing that came out of there.
0: Yeah, it just felt like there wasn't a a swath of content that, normally comes out of there and maybe they just didn't get the same access we don't know we're just two guys sitting here on a podcast talking about it but
1: the pictures look the same They're like I'm, I'm sure there's much that's what like, i mean like it, it was i thought they were going to not be able to talk to people but it looked like the access was kind of the same i just there's a part of me that thinks there's just so much that if you aren't like i i don't know who to follow like i don't know who i don't have time to listen to every podcast or follow every person and i've got certain people i'm following already but like I don't know where to go if I want something exactly. Um, and I'm still cynical enough to not go to the main source to not trust them. Right. Like, cause athletics has a story they're selling or whatever else. So I'm probably not going to Google them first or go to them first to look for it. I'd like to go to a news, a media site. And, but I and,
0: even feel like even the social media channels and the you know, just whatever arm of Penn state athletics, I felt like that was missing.
1: Like It I, might've been, it might've been quieter. I mean, again, They've got they've got some turnover there going on, so maybe that was part yeah, of it. Although I don't is. think that was directly related to it, but yeah, All right.
0: That's enough about us griping about the lack of stuff to read, even though there's plenty of content out there. <laughs> and this is just another piece of that content. Um, <laughs> Steve, you you also have have this on their end down this week and it, we'll we'll kind of combo this into a, a one-two uh the nfl preseason is finally here and the hall of fame inductions were this weekend I and mean, obviously we combo that because of the hall of fame game um here's what what i want to talk about steve presley harvin now a household name i assume in the Samsung household have you bought his jersey yet
1: no i did not
0: Okay, well, I'm probably that. going to be buying a Presley harvard jersey. Greatest Franco Harris, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, Presley Harvey. That's my Steelers Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, for real though, Steve, m- maybe this can be a mini old guy, young guy thing. You said you watched a significant amount of the uh, of the the inductions and spiel and whatever i did not do you think that's an old guy young guy thing like wh- why
1: what did you watch instead was it sports related or uh, we anything? watched
0: the sopranos and the olympics
1: okay so the sopranos is probably better than the hall of fame inductions i'll give you that like I, i'm not even gonna um no it was it was i i buy into and i and i can be a cynic but i so i know this is wrong i buy into the whole Warrior, gladiator, wave the flag. This is America, apple pie, football stuff. Like one of those guys inducted this weekend had to be a jerk, but you would never know it, right? Like everything was sold as, as this wonderful thing and whatever else. Um, it was interesting. I think they all had some moments that were interesting. There's a slice of Americana there. I mean, Tom Flores talking about growing up in the Central Valley of California and, and working on farms and whatever else and ended up winning the Super Bowl twice. There's all that that BS that's America, right? Like that's that's just you can do anything kind of stuff. That's kind of fun. Um, pro football is my sport. Um, there were guys there that I probably didn't like as much as others. There were several Steelers that obviously gave me a reason to in, be interested as a fan. And Pey- if had I missed Peyton Manning's thing live, I probably would not have gone back and watched the whole seven or eight minutes or whatever it is overall, and I, that would have been a shame because he's really good. Like he did some good stuff, he did some smart stuff. And I came away respecting him a little more because he didn't thank people per se. He said all the people that needed to be thanked when I retired were thanked in person or with a letter at the time. So I'm gonna talk about this, which I thought that was pretty cool too.
0: I think that that's interesting as somebody that doesn't tune in because that is the biggest reason why I I don't tune in to those events like even even award shows anymore i do not like i'm sorry like great i'm I'm thankful that you're thanking whoever it, it may be but i don't care who like tell me like i think that's i think one of the best oscar speeches i think it was an oscar speech yeah oscar speech of all time is matthew mcconaughey's oscar speech where he he talks about the the person he was going to be from 10 years from now and, and i also am a big matthew mcconaughey fan but at the same time like i just like i don't i don't care about your aunt susie i really don't i'm I'm sorry i don't and i think when people give speeches like that i think i'll, I'll go watch it now but uh, um yeah, I, all, the ones, all the other ones all yeah.
1: the other ones touch the bases and the thank yous and maybe too many of them are certainly because i don't get that either i don't i if you didn't tell them in person at the time or take time to, it probably doesn't matter as much um yeah, and I don't know what the viewing options were otherwise, but but I've I mean we went, we had a chance to get some tickets and go late, and we were there for Bettis's induction. So we didn't have to go. Like I was told, we not have to go. We already said saw Betis. So I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna fight that fight. But if you want to see Troy go in, um so yeah, we I know that I'm getting sold something by the NFL. I get that, but I kind of like to watch it and see how they present it. Like I, I like that part of it. Like, what did they do? How did they show this? What was the NFL network doing differently than ESPN? Like for me, that production piece of it is always very interesting. And, and just how you put on your show. Um, Cause, it, cause I, it gives me ideas about how I want to put on my shows for my job, you know? So that's helpful too.
0: Um, here's an interesting discussion that happened in my, my household this weekend. Um, obviously the Manning family is, is a massive football family. However, someone in my household that is not named Darian Summers did not know who Archie Manning is, was. For anyone who might be listening to said podcast, can you describe who Archie Manning is, was, and why he's a a very important slice of, of, of Americana football, Americana, I guess?
1: Archie Manning was the best NFL quarterback on the worst NFL team in the early 70s, early to mid 70s, and before that, um, played at old miss and was, and again, that, again, when people like that became myth, mythological, right. You know, Archie Manning was great at old miss and, and people never saw him play. I mean, realistically in sheer numbers of people, he, it, the reputation was built on myth and built by sports writers. Not that he wasn't talented, but it, it gets accentuated by that. So, yeah, but I now realistically though, the person in your household that's not named Darian Summers Archie Manning is not in, in that person's wheelhouse realistically. It was just
0: surprised that I have always been taught that, like, it's like this reference is probably a little Walter Gretzky,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Is, is like was Canada's hockey dad, like he was everyone's hockey dad, and to a degree, I guess you've always had Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. Mm-hmm. Um, basketball, I don't know if there's ever really been someone like a father-son duo quite like that um I'm trying to i can't really think of one but to me like the manning family is a i don't even want to say brain trust it is a institution and i was just surprised that that even ca- someone who i would consider more than a casual football fan i'm gonna yell out after this but just didn't know who like because I, I feel like archie's Archie is a part of the Manning deal. Like, yeah, like right. You, you get if you get paid if you're getting Peyton doing an ad, you're probably going to get Archie at some right. point. Which I think he's done multiple ads, right. w- with him. So it was surprising to me. Um, I, I have another, I have another question regarding the Hall of Fame. I have never been to the, the any of the pro sports Hall of Fames. Actually, is the Pro Football Hall of Fame worth it? Like, is it worth the trip to Canton, Ohio? which I know it's by one of the major
1: highways, but maybe, maybe two, maybe 77 and 71 or whatever ones are. I, our experience was worth it in that we went on an induction weekend for Betis. So whatever that was five well, or six okay. years ago. So that was good. And, and we ended up parking in somebody's house, right? Like where you can find a parking lot for the day, like two blocks from where it was supposed to be. And they charged us like 30 bucks the day, told us to come back and get water and something off the grill whenever we wanted. So it was like that slice of Americana that makes you feel good about that kind of stuff. Um, and then we went in and, and we bumped into a kid that I didn't know was there, who I went to high school with, who goes every year to get autographs and does it at the Hall of Fame time. Um, so yeah, like I, I wouldn't go during an induction weekend any other time. But yeah, I think it was, it, those ones that are close, I mean, I think we're blessed where we're at, right? Because you got baseball close, you got basketball relatively close, you got football close. If you're so inclined, I think it's worthwhile.
0: Okay. I've never, I've never been. I mean, I I am into history, and I'm very much into sports history. And I I think one of the best museums, if you ever get a chance, which I'm sure you've probably been there, is the the Heinz History Center, which mm-hmm. has the two floors of Pittsburgh sports stuff, like just pure right. Pittsburgh sports stuff, um, and and so. But I, I've never been, and I was thinking about that this weekend. And I'm sure uh, next year at the same weekend, I will think about that next week. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should go there someday. You know, type
1: thing. Well, and maybe yeah. and, and and going back to the not at all piling on to the whole Archie Manning thing, but mm-hmm. going back to, to why I why we watched two nights of it in our household. There were twi- there was twice, and I can't remember the specific incidents incidents or people mentioned. Like one was Saturday night, one was Sunday night. Somebody mentioned somebody, and Susan was like, "Oh, that was the coach of whatever in like the '70s, right?" And I'm like, "Oh, God, I love you." Right. And then there was someone I think, oh, didn't he play for? It? I'm like, yes, he did. God, you're wonderful. Like just that kind of crap that like, you know, so for us, it was it was more about just enjoying something together, like, you know, and just low key in it, too. Like there was that piece of it. So.
0: Yeah, and this is weird, but I do wonder. 20 years from now, when the first kind of group of the core people that Anna and I have watched in her NFL fandom Start to go into the Hall of Fame. Like, I wonder if we're gonna have those moments where, like, oh, that was cool. Like, we remember when he did that thing.
1: You know, right? Exactly. Yeah. All right.
0: Anything else about the Hall of Fame? You want to? It's gonna be
1: cool. Nope. Glad well, it's over. Ready for some games, baby. Okay. Um. I- one, well, one quick thing, because you do have
0: preseason on here. I just want to say this. My God, does the second half of an NFL preseason game need to have a running clock? And I don't like you should. The clock should only stop on a, on a timeout, not even a TV timeout. No TV timeouts. We're just doing it at the quarters and then we're over. There is no reason that there should be someone took a uh, on Thursday night. Somebody took a goddamn timeout so that the clock didn't run out before a delay of game. It is the preseason. It does not matter. Nobody cares. Just let take the five yard penalty. It was like a, and that was the thing. It was on a third down, and it was like third and like nine. I'm like, the the third and nine versus the third and fourteen. And then what I think what happened was they got the first down. It was the Cowboys too. It was it was bad. But anyway,
1: oh yeah, that's horrible. I, I,
0: I, I agree. Like it just doesn't need. But yeah, I, I enjoy watching the preseason because I. There are certain players that you don't get to see, like Marcus Allen, for example. You don't mm-hmm. get to see Marcus Allen play that much. Like, I was like, I think you should play more because I'm a big Marcus Allen guy. But, you know, there are certain players you don't get to see as often. It'd be nice, but I don't
1: know. No, I'd be my, a big fan of running thing. clock. You're exactly right.
0: It, the first half, that's fine. You want to play a little gamesmanship and, and work everybody through their clock management system. Sure. You know what? Even go ahead and make their a two minute warning at the end of the first quarter too. That way you can kind of get that out of your system. There you go. All right. All right. <laughs> Steve, this week, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know at this point, some, somewhere in the cosmic universe, Texas and Oklahoma decided that they were going to say, see ya. We want more money. Uh, and we're going to go join the uh, SEC. Steve, there are six million different ways I, I think we could go with this. I want to focus on pretty much one way, which is the, the gist of this podcast, other than us being old guy, young guy. Um, and that is the sports media aspect of this. Do you think that we are headed for a another tier of upper echelonness in college athletics when it comes to TV contracts and exclusivity and, and like, like are the big 10 and the ACC going to get left behind by this SEC stuff because of, because of TV contracts or, or or is that an overreaction?
1: No, there's another tier. There is another tier. And I think the big 10 will be in it unless the big Ten's commissioner continues to play at the level he's played the first year and a half of his tenure, which seems to be a little behind and a little short sighted. I mean, that's tough judgment, but um, no, the big, the big 10, will, the big 10 will always be a power player because of the markets, because of the people who watch the games, you know, how people watch Ohio state, Penn state, Michigan, they're going to be fine. People care about college football, but with the next echelon is that the power is going to be the SEC, the big 10 and whatever the, Pac 10 and Big 12 leftovers become.
0: Do you see I just don't think those I don't think the Pac 12 and the the Big 12 big whatever will be,
1: be no, I don't know if they'll become it together. Player. I don't know they'll be they'll become it together, but and I don't know if they'll be a power player because they have beach volleyball, good weather, all that crap out in the West Coast and even in the mountains that people are don't they just they aren't that passionate. They aren't that rabid. Um yeah. So I I think the power is the SEC and the Big Ten, and it's just going to be what other dominoes fit with that and the ACC, you know, because of Clemson at this point. But there will be another tier. It will be probably not NCAA football in a decade, maybe, right? Maybe it'll just be college football is led by the Power Four or whatever it is or the Elite 36 or however many teams end (laughs) up there. Um, But I think that's coming.
0: Do you – do you think that this will create a very heavy? Like, I think to a degree, college football media is. I don't want to say SEC bias because I don't think that. I don't think there's really. I think I think there's a myth of biasness when it comes to covering college sports that happens on a national level. Maybe on a local level, sure. But do you think ESPN is now just like? like remember that one summer when ESPN only talked about LeBron or that one NFL season where they only talked about Tebow. Do you think we're headed for that with ESPN? Because I don't want to get into like, did ESPN have anything to do with all of this? But I feel like that was where we're going to probably be headed. Like I, you'll hear something about Ohio State and then it's going to be SEC, SEC, SEC. Or are they
1: already doing that? Or am I just missing the boat? No, I don't. I, I think they're doing that in some ways, but I think they're a partner with the Big Ten as well. I, I think. I think the SEC folks are very smart, and I think they've been smart from the beginning. If you look back at coverage of games, SEC games on ESPN, the SEC had a screen wipe between commercial between replays long before the Big Ten did. There was an SEC specific bug on the screen before there was a Big Ten specific vote. It's like they thought of that stuff, like, because they care more. And I think they do. Um, I think ESPN cares who its partners are. Right now, luckily for Big Ten fans, the Big Ten is one of them. Um, if that were to change, yeah, I think there could be less of an issue. but I just don't think that's going to change. I think it's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC and the ACC as the driving factors in what college football are is.
0: It's fascinating to what's fascinating to me about all of this is Notre Dame's place in all of this. Would I think the Big 10 is going to I think the SEC is going to become what it's going to become and I think it's going to stop like I think we're hitting the maximum. Nobody else is going to join the SEC. I don't I don't think so. I think the ACC is or let's go back to the Big 10. I think the Big 10 and the ACC have legitimate have a legitimate fight over where Notre Dame goes. Like, I think, I think like a legitimate legal battle could happen between the the conference, the two conferences over where Notre Dame goes. There's nobody else in the country that I think adds more value, adds more interest to either of the conferences than Notre Dame. I think you could also make the argument that geographically, historically, traditionally Notre Dame makes more sense in the big 10 because of their rivalries with Michigan state, Michigan, even, you know, Indiana and Purdue, they, they, I think they have a a trophy of of some sort, but, you know, outside of big 10 hockey, which is the outlier in all of this, um, everything points to the fact that they would go ACC because of basketball, whatever sport it may be, again, I think given the lacrosse, I think they're, I don't even, I don't know if they have wrestling team, but they're they're all ACC when they're in their, their non-football sports. To me, what I think nobody is talking about that I want to toot our horn on this podcast that we're talking about is the fact that they've got the NBC deal and I, I just think about the fact that if I'm the ACC or if I'm the Big Ten, I want in on that, AC, uh, on that NBC deal. I want part of that. Not necessarily that I do. I want, you know, my own. Do I want their money per se? Do I want to take Notre Dame completely off of those channels of the NBC networks? no. But my God, there's a massive opportunity for NBC to have a noon game, have a 3.30 game, have a six o'clock Notre Dame game, and have a eight o'clock primetime game and compete against ESPN there. And I I just, I'm surprised that that's not happening, not coming. And I just want to, I feel like that's going to be the biggest like linchpin in all of this. Like that's, we're headed for a very big discussion when that time comes, because Notre Dame can't be a their own con- or be independent forever. They just I no, know what but we, they say, but they can't, I just they can't.
1: But what gives them the freedom to, to, to be courted and the freedom to wait to bide their time is the is the NBC deal, right? right? Because they don't have to share that with anybody. They don't have to give that up. And in terms of, of market footprints and whatever else, Notre Dame already has Chicago. Notre Dame is Chicago. So they don't need to give that up. Like people are coming to them to get it if they were to to deal with, like if they weren't to do the big 10, they still have the Chicago market as Notre Dame, you know, if they were in the ACC. So I, I feel now more than any time in my lifetime covering and watching sports, that Notre Dame may not be an independent in the future, but I still don't think it's the exactly near immediate future. Um, And they're dealing from a, a position of power. Both, both conferences want them. Like even if they end up in the Big Ten or the ACC, it wouldn't shock me if they get to keep a preponderance of whatever their deal is with NBC as a result to bring the others along, right? And that could be helpful, perhaps, to the ACC, which might not be as valued at ESPN as the Big Ten and the as the SEC and the SEC. So that might help that work out that way. If you're the, if you're the Big Ten, ESPN already has rights to all your games. ESPN is not going to give those up if if to, to bring in Notre Dame and and do I mean, not willingly, not easily. So, and and Notre Dame's doing an experiment to start this season with sticking its first, what first home game on Peacock Peacock. and the, and the paid level of Peacock. So that'll be, I mean, there's just so much, I mean, and maybe it's kind of like where we started with the content. There's just so much content out there. Do do you know it's there? You know, um, I, I think you do with the college football stuff. And I think, the SEC was the right move. They're going to get to their number in terms of number of teams. And, and you know, growing up, I mean, they were south of me. I figured Texas and Oklahoma were in the SEC anyway, Didn't I knew the big eight existed. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but I I don't I don't think the ES, I don't think I don't think there's a bias by ESPN. I think there's a perception of fans that way sometimes. But you know what? Shut up and win some games. Like right. have your team win some games. Like that's that's all that matters. Um, and ESPN does have the Big Ten and is in bed with the Big Ten. I just, I'm not sure the Big Ten is as savvy or committed or focused, perhaps, is the word, as the SEC is on football. I mean, SEC, it's all football. Like, they're, they're good in the other stuff, but right. it just seems like we're all about that. The Big Ten is oh, hey, we've got women's sports, we've got this, we do this, we do this. You know what? Think about every little way you can monetize that football thing. And I'm not sure they always think that way as a conference. Schools do. That's a do. good point. Found what the conference does.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point because – obviously i know indiana beat penn state last year but like there are far more indianas and Purdue's in the big 10 than there are let me rephrase that there are far more vanderbelts in the big 10 than there are indianas and Purdue's in the sec if that makes sense like pretty much every fan base outside of vanderbilt is very diehard passionate about their football program in the sec indiana purdue northwestern, northwestern? um you know i would illinois? make a case illinois within the last 30 years i would definitely say that's four schools right there rutgers and maryland you know that's which obviously like they're still the red-headed stepchild even though penn state was once that but i i don't know it's it's all interesting to me. This is, this is going to be a weird time. Like I, I, I don't think this is all done. I don't mm-hmm. think any of like, I, I think, I think by 2030, we're looking at four conferences. I'm thinking that schools like a, like a UCF, um, you know, maybe, a, maybe a Boise state, they are starting to trying to get their foot back in the door a little bit for those bigger conferences, because Hey, look, what we can do we can compete with the big dogs we've we've won a couple games here and there um
1: no i think there's some more logical expansion for the acc in terms of teams but i don't think any conference gains i don't think there's a school out there that gives any conference a geographic foothold and it may not matter as much as it used to, right? We were talking about this with cable deals five years ago, right? Your your, your footprint for your cable deals, what it was all about when the Big Ten expanded. Well, that doesn't matter anymore right. because, you know, it's I'm streaming stuff. But I don't think there's a geographic, geographically logical winning team for anybody. But that said, UCF makes sense in the ACC if they want to. And there, there's some other schools that are to that size that kind of make sense in the ACC. For the Big Ten, it seems less so, at least in terms of their tradition and history of saying, we're research-based, big institutions, you know, blah, 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 blah.
0: Real quickly, and then we'll move on to get the whole gang because I know we've kind of talked about this. it's still so surprising to me that, and I, I know that their place in Florida athletics in terms of the state, it is still so surprising to me that UCF, which has the, the largest student body in the country, is not a power five school. You know they're in the group of six, you know, in, or power six is the American conference, like they call themselves. But it is it, so I, they're the one I think there's going to be a lot of wonder if they join the ACC when Notre Dame joins the ACC.
1: Yeah, um, I, that, that I, I believe they must be somewhere, right?
0: Yeah, like they, they're going to, they're going to go somewhere. All right. Uh, this week's old guy, young guy is brought to, brought to you by Steve's recent vacation. Steve, did you have a good vacation? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like here's, beach. It's great. Here, here is here is what I would like to ask you. Uh, I know that my my mother in law listens to this, and I I, I mean this with tearingness. But there are two types of travelers in the, this world. There is a Dave and Judy, and there is an Anna and Darian. Dave and Judy's like to have everything planned out to a T so that they can maximize <laughs> their trip. Nothing wrong with it. There's an Anna and Darian ooh wake up. We might go here. We might go there. Let's go Let's go there for lunch. Eh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We're picking we're, we're in the, the experience of, of the European experiences of going slow, even if we're not in Europe. Steve, I ask you this. You might have two answers to this because I feel like a lot of people do have two answers to this. When you are traveling to Europe or when you recently went to Colorado or when you went some go somewhere new for the first time, are you more of a Dave and Judy traveler or are you more a Darian and Nana traveler?
1: I'm probably I'm probably more of the latter. Okay. But within the parameters set by the, by the, by the former, like we know day one is going to be, say it was out West, say day two was Fort Collins, right? Okay. Don't know exactly what we're going to do in Fort Collins. See, that's how more so we are too. Like, but at least I know I'm there and I know I'm going yes. to college campus because I'm in a college town. We're going to go to the college campus. Didn't know when we get up for the morning walk, that it was two and a half miles away exactly. So it became a five mile walk. But still a good trip. Um, So probably the latter more so, um, and probably more get out and do stuff. Well, it depends on the trip. Like the Colorado trip was get out and do, right? Like it's the West, get out and do. The beach trip last week was like, don't bug me. Like, okay, that's what I was gonna ask. Give me my beer, my drink, and I'm done.
0: That's what I was gonna ask because I I feel like beach vacation should be almost excluded from this conversation. Because if you are planning out your beach vacation to a T, something something is wrong. In my world, you are missing the the whole point. it's wrong. Yeah, like you—you like, you are missing the whole point if you are not just waking up, going to the beach, and then going to get dinner somewhere, maybe playing some putt putt. Right, like, like that's it. Like that's all you need to do. So, again, so how do you?
1: I, so how how often do your two continuums travel together?
0: We've only done one big trip together, and that was well. But we've done one big trip together and several smaller trips together. The big trip was to Paris and in, in London slash. You mm-hmm. stop in Normandy, mm-hmm. which that is a trip that I'm grateful that we did it that way because there is so much to see over there, and you're only there for a couple of days at each time. So it's like you got to you got to do it all. You want you truly genuinely want to see it all. But Anna and I always remark that when we were on our honeymoon, one of the things we enjoyed was we were just kind of like we're, we're the perfect travel buddy because like wake up, that's a good thing. You, you know, yeah, maybe we'll go have some breakfast. Eh, you want to go do this for a little bit? Sure, let's go do this. Hey, eh, you want to go do that? You want to go here for lunch? Sure, let's go here for lunch. We had, I think we had one reservation, maybe two reservations on our. I think it was like nine day honeymoon. That was it. Other than other than flights and you know logic like food reservations, that was it. Everything else was. Let's. We went. There was there. Were, Two places, I think, that we went multiple times too, because we were like, this was so good, I'm never gonna get the chance to eat this again. I would like to go back there and have the same exact thing.
1: Um yeah. No, and you can do that like as a couple, I think that's easy. Like as long as you're on the sort of on the same page as a couple, it's easy to travel And if that's traveling with our kids is easy because we've installed all the buttons. Okay, but like we know was, how they traveled.
0: Was it always was it always easy? Like, like seven-year-old Sam, like go to yeah, disney our that no, easy?
1: we made it easy because our daughters were 11 months apart so there were never any friends on trips okay now we were landed on the beach at, at some point like through the years and they ended up having a lot of friends at beach yeah like our kids are good travelers danny likes a little more planning than sam does but they're good travelers um and i bitch about vacation with the family but it's not my kids and it's not necessarily the in-laws although it's the in-laws it's just that I don't want to go. I don't need drama on vacation, Like right? I just need to go and whatever. So I don't need big friends coming along or whatever else, big groups. Like I always joke and I'm, and I'm not really joking. I'm like, look, if you guys want to get a big beach house right here, if you can find a little efficiency apartment next door, I will stay there and come visit you for meals. Like, you know, but um, no, our kids travel well, our kids travel really I well.
0: I will say when, when we did my, my bachelor party was with, my large group of of friends of and i wanted to make it very clear that i knew that they were spending time their own money to come do this trip and i wanted to make it very clear that go do whatever you want like let's go have one meal together so that we could say we all sat down and have had a meal together but that's it like go go have fun like i if you want to go to the beach that's fine go do this go do that so i think i think there's value in that i was just asking that because i was i was thinking about like I feel like maybe not necessarily for me growing up but friends growing up like there were multiple families that I knew like it was like 507 we're out the door 510 we're stopping at sheets then we are driving from 510 until 1010 when we get to our destination if we're getting there 2 minutes late then we are too late like it, it that stresses me out
1: No we weren't but, that regimented but I mean we we do the beach we would drive overnight right the kids were young We were going to go to the Outer Banks, we would leave at like 10 o'clock at night, drive through the night, they're sleeping, get there at six in the morning, go to the Greasy Spoon for breakfast, and then go to the public beach till our house opens. And I feel that I've told that story to many people, and I feel that's why there's more people coming to the beach now, because it's much more crowded down there than it was 20 years ago, and I really hate that. Like, there's a part of me is like, let me find some godforsaken empty beach again and start this all over for another 20-year period, because I don't need all you people around me when I'm on vacation. Steve just wants his damn vacation. Exactly. Leave me alone. Right. So, All right. I just want
0: to, that's what I figured you'd be, but it'd be interesting to see if your wife has a different answer. Like, I wonder if your wife has a different, if if she would prefer, or is she okay with?
1: No, I think we're both about the same. She's probably a little more loosey goosey than I am. Like, I mean, broad brushes. Here's what we're going to do this day. Kind of where we're going to do it. If we need a reservation to get in there or like now national parks, right? Like we found that out out west, like you needed to have like reservations to get oh, in. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's a good yeah, tip. And you're right away. Um But yeah, no, I think we're on the same page, which makes it work, right? It's just that when you expand it beyond your family group, because you've installed those buttons, the girls, I know what's going to tick them off. Mm-hmm. You know, even even the fiancés. Now I know when to pick my spots and when to push or when not, and I, I think they do as well. So that makes those tra- that makes that traveling easy. It's when you're with people you don't know that that it makes it tougher. I think
0: this is this was travel talk with steven
1: exactly we've got travel talk we got sports we it talk, all. We the it olympics
0: all. look at that you're you're very cultured if you came into this week's exactly.
1: podcast um all right
0: um i don't have my regular spiel in front of me but you know the regular spiel follow us on twitter at stuff summers says at steve samsel uh
1: we have an email um stuff summers says podcast at gmail.com
0: that's right and like uh, us on the all the things. Yeah, like stuff. us on all the things. Also, if you if you do Apple podcasts, um five stars, please. Even if we're exactly. we're a, a three star podcast.
1: We're not a three star podcast.
0: We're a five star podcast.
1: Exactly. All
0: right. Anything else, Steve?
1: No, good talking to you again.
0: All right. You can stop recording.